CEE Central Europe Explained An IDM podcast series powered by Erste Group Episode 27 Financial Recovery the Common Assessment Framework Assisting Public Institutions from a National to a Local Level Developed by the public sector, for the public sector, the Common Assessment Framework is a total quality management model for self-assessment. The CAF aims to assist and help improve public sector organizations' performances at a national, federal, but also local level. Implemented among many countries around the world, 4,100 organizations already use this model. CAF 2020 was launched in 2019 and intends to strengthen to focus on digitalization, agility, sustainability, innovation, collaboration, participation, and diversity. In the last episode, we discussed how the implementation of a European Silk Road could be an interesting tool for more cross-border cooperation and economic recovery in CEE. Following on this, we will now see how models like the Common Assessment Framework can also bring solutions for financial recovery and better synergy in the region, especially the Western Balkans, on a local scale. I am Sebastian Schäfer, Managing Director of the IDM, and with me is Thomas Provok, Managing Director of the KDZ, Center for Public Administration Research and Head of the CAF Center. Thomas, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Great to be here. To start us off, could you briefly sum up what the CAF is? Yeah, the CAF is a tool, an instrument for better quality and better governance in public administration. Um, it's a European tool, it's a European model, meaning that uh, the members of the European Union developed this uh, tool for improving public sector and public sector organizations. For us, this is very important, especially when you talk about the Silk Road and also the countries of Western Balkan. Why do we do that? We want to improve public administration and public sector in order to increase life quality and economic prosperity. So the idea is in order to have better life, better economic development, we need a good public administration. And this is what CAF is about. This is what CAF is doing. So it's a European invention already more than 20 years ago, and it helps public sector to get better. That's it. Mm -hmm. So that's a very ambitious plan. And uh, you have uh, mentioned that this has been ongoing for quite some time. Can you give us a few examples how it is actually implemented in the region, especially the Western Balkans? Yeah, it is ambitious, but it's always good to have, let's say, the big guideline of what we want to achieve. But behind this ambitiousness, it's a tool. So what do we do? We go to a public sector organization, it could be a municipality, can be a ministry, can be also a public company like uh, railways. Um, and we discuss together with the employees and the leadership in the organization how to improve. How to improve the leadership, how to improve the human resource management, uh, how to improve, how to say, the partnerships and with whom they are working. That's the idea. So a very consensus-oriented discussion within the organization in order to improve. This is what we are doing. We are doing that with uh, municipalities, uh, with, the, with the ministries, 
and also regional, uh, regional governments. So it started in the Western Balkans, in the Western Balkan 6, um, with corporations in the ministries of public administration. So we as the Austrian-based center have uh, contracts and, uh, and corporations with the ministries for public administration in all of the uh, Western Balkan Seas countries. And we have a very important partner in the region, which is RESPA, the Regional School for Public Administration. It's located in uh, Montenegro. It's an international organization, or let's say better, a regional organization, uh, combining all Western Balkan countries um, in order to improve public sector and public administration reform. Mm -hmm. I could imagine when you work with all these different stakeholders, but also with all these different countries, that there's a lot of challenges and obstacles that you come across. So um, can you tell us what was successful, but what was also something that you discovered is a real challenge when you implement such a project? Yeah, on the one side, we have, of course, challenges and obstacles, but uh, we should not forget it's an added value to have the cooperation between different countries and especially in the region. Um, getting experiences and knowledge of um, how to work in the different countries. And it is, of course, also an added value to work between the different layers of government, to have municipalities and ministries, for example, uh, which we are working on. So, in fact, I see more added value um, in, this, uh, in this work uh, because we bring together uh, the ministries of the Western Balkan Six. We bring together the municipalities and the ministries within each of the countries. So it's a cooperation, it's an exchange, um, and this makes, the, uh, this makes the added value. When you ask me now, what are our successes? We have successes in different countries. When you start to work in a ministry, uh, and honestly, each ministry is different. Each country has also a different administrative culture, or organizational culture. And when you come and start this work, and you have to imagine it's a very consensus-oriented work, it's a discussion between leadership and, and the employees. And this is not very, I have to say, uh, natural in some of the, uh, in some of the uh, organizations. So first we come and we start with a new culture of openness. Yeah? It's, also, it's also a new culture of uh, uh, how, to, how to handle mistakes. Uh, for examples, of trust. And these are then already the success factors to see, okay, it makes sense to communicate with each other. It makes sense to discuss together our improvements, our reform steps. Um, and this goes in the end in the direction that we have sustainable improvements uh, in the organization. So that's a big difference. Normally, you have to know how to see external consultants are coming sometimes also from the international level, huh? coming to a ministry and tell them, okay, you have to save money, you are too expensive, uh, and it's much too much per human resources. Huh? So this is in most facts, the, the, how to say, the quick, the quick recommendations from uh, the big, how to say, international consultants. And this here is different. We discuss together with the staff how to get better, and this, in the end, goes to sustainable improvement meaning we have better processes, for example. We have better services for, this, for the citizens. I mean, this is why we are working in public sector. It's about getting better services 
um, uh, for the uh, for the citizens based on the needs of the citizens or customers uh, developing the processes. Uh, we have new knowledge management systems. In most of the organizations we work with, they afterwards have a new uh, mission statement, a new kind of human resource management based on neutrality, yeah? based on fair employment, on an open recruitment. So these are in fact our success factors. We in most of the organization, I have to be honest, not in all, but in most of the organizations we, uh, we could implement. When we talk about um, the successes, we certainly have a changed environment now due to the pandemic. So there is additional burdens that are put on public administration, especially on a municipality level, not only when it comes to the financing, but also, of course, you talked about the staff um, and the need for, for provide services for the citizens. I would like to know a bit more about how has the pandemic um, influenced your, your work uh, within that framework and also what are the, the, the changes that happened in uh, CAF 2020? Yeah, many questions at one, and one <laughs> in in one question. Um, first, the changes of the of the pandemic. Let me cite one uh, one study from Germany. Uh, it's not now from the region, but from Germany. A study asked four thousand uh, employees of the civil of the civil sector, um, of the public sector, in what has changed in your work, and twenty five percent said. Uh, my work changed. I had to take over new uh, competences, responsibilities. On the local level, it's even 35%. So we know from some studies, honestly, I don't have it now from the Western Balkans, but we know from some studies that there is a real big impact yeah, on the service delivery and on the employees. Yeah? On the local level, 35%, imagine. And of course, when you look in more differentiated view, you see that it's more the younger uh, staff who took over new new services, new competences, rather than the, let's say, older ones. So there is a big impact. That's the first one. The second one is we know also from one of these studies that um, how to see the values changed, the working values, in a way that more responsibility at how to say at the personal level um, is now a kind of consequence. So people work now based on their own responsibilities, being more responsible. We also know that the, you know, that the grade of innovation was increased. And um, as I said, I don't have it in figures, but I have the experiences also in the work with my uh, organizations in the Western Balkan that this is, that this is the same. So they had also big changes in the way of which services have to be, uh, which, which have to be delivered in a very quick few, in a very short time, uh, having new competences from, for the staff. Um, and this is what we call the agility. Mm -hmm. uh, so this, let's say a little bit buzzword of agility is here something which we see, uh, which has to be, yeah, which is an, an, a need for the leadership, but much more for the for the staff. So these, in, in fact, are the how to see the, the the new things. Of course, the digitalization, 
uh, with homework yeah, and so on um, made also a big impact but in my view not the, in the same level as we see it for example in Austria or in, or in Germany. Mm-hmm. When we take all the lessons learned that you have described what would you say is the biggest challenge for the future? What are the next steps that need to be developed here? Yeah, there is this um, expect the unexpected, working with uncertainty. You know, till now or till, how to say, two years ago, this was more, we saw it more in the books and in the scientific articles, expect the unexpected, work with an uncertain environment. But this is now what is coming also for the future. So how can we organize the organizations? And, you know, this is also an issue of the link between public administration and politics yeah, and the political level. Uh, how can we organize this in a way that we have the opportunities uh, to handle uncertainties or new crises? We all know that the climate change Uh, yeah, people say this will be the next crisis, huh? but I mean, we, do, we don't know, but we have to be open. Until now, we were organizing always our public administrations, same like the uh, private companies, in a way of a lean management, huh? cost saving. Um, clear, we know what the staff has to do huh? in, a, in, a, in a very concentrated way. No, no real flexibility. Uh, and this has to change. Huh? This has to change. And honestly, we don't know fully how this will change, but because in the end it means it gets more expensive. So, you know, when you see that in the last years money, how to say, didn't count in a way of, okay, it, uh, it, it costs what it will cost. Huh? And that 10 years before, the 10 years before, we were saving, 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 saving. Uh, and now money doesn't count anyway. Uh, we have to find another compromise in future for that. To see, we have to be, we have to be open for this uncertainty. We we need the resources for that, also the human resources for that. Which means uh, we need the space. Uh, we need the space in public sector to deliver from one day to the other maybe different kind of services. There's one one very small example. It is how the municipalities everywhere in Europe organized in a very quick way how to say new kinds of shopping support huh, for elderly people who couldn't leave the uh, who couldn't leave the, the flat their flat huh, during the crisis mm-hmm. huh, when they were sick or when they were in quarantine all municipalities did that huh? but this was not this was not a task of them before huh? this has been done let's say from one day to the other this kind of flexibility um, and we need to be aware have have climate change in view that These kind of changes, this kind of delivering new services um, will be the future. Uh, and therefore we need resources, therefore we need flexibility. So when you ask me, this is the main issue which we have to be aware of. And because it's also the, the title of this, uh, of this podcast, financial recovery. Of course, in the end, this means how to pay. Mm-hmm. Also here, you know, I don't have the full answer for that, but it's clear Uh, that we have to prepare our public services, our public sector, and even more in our Western Balkan uh, neighboring countries um, to be able to finance that. Mm-hmm.
maybe this is also a support which is needed from the European Union. Maybe this is a new kind of uh, distribution, the finances between the layers of government, uh, from, the, from the central government to the, to the local government. We always have in view a kind of high decentralization of, uh, of, of a country, which makes sense uh, to have you know, a responsibility on a subsidiary and regional, uh, on, a, on a regional level. Huh? Um, and therefore the finances, the budgets have to be distributed in a transparent and fair way. So here, the next years will uh, be, um, I'm quite sure, very, very delicate. Uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that a kind of saving philosophy will come back mm -hmm. or will try to come back. But this is not the way we can handle future crises. Mm -hmm. And that is, um, yeah, that is also what we are working on. When we go on, when we start with this, our, how to say, our CAF approach, because it goes also in the end uh, in a direction which uh, brings more cooperation between the between the organizations and the and the and the levels of government and cooperation means means also the question of who can finance in what way uh, which services. Mm -hmm. Fantastic, Thomas. Thank you very much. So, the future also for European integration is a more resilient public administration, and we need to find some sort of melange between heavy saving and spending at, at all costs in order to make us ready for the future. Um, I think you're doing a very important job with the CAF framework here. And I wish you, of course, all the best for the future challenges. At the end of our episodes, we always ask our guests for some piece of art, maybe literature, music, um, that is sort of linked to the topic. And uh, of course, we will also be very interested in your uh, recommendation. Yes, Sebastian. I decide for a book which I'm reading now, which I'm very impressed on. It's from uh, from the French uh, uh, the French author uh, Michel Olbeck. Just now, a new book has been published, but I don't talk about that. I talk about in German. It's Serotonin, um, and it's uh, for me absolutely interesting because it's a combination of, of course, as it always in Olbeck's uh, literature of how to survive personally as 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 men and women but also what the society and the society developments uh, bring. And here it's very interesting because he's a worker in the uh, agriculture sector for the government and is really complaining about how we destroy uh, the agriculture of, of Europe huh? and the farmers in Europe with our global competitive system um, and also the reactions of the European Union to that. And this is also what I really see uh, or in my work uh, and also what I mentioned before, it's about how to finance, uh, how to make a fair distribution um, and how to prepare a system um, in a way that it's resilient, that it brings life quality and fairness to, uh, to all of us. So I like this book and I can recommend it. Thank you very much, Thomas. Um, especially for being with us today and uh, presenting to us the Common Assessment Framework. I think we learned a lot. It fits perfectly into our episode series and we look forward to continuing working also on the local level in different formats. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me.
So you enjoy this podcast? Then tune into another CEE episode and subscribe to the IDM podcast series on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Acast, or elsewhere you get your podcast. And also have a look at the rest of our work on our website www.idm.at For any feedback or podcast collaboration, feel free to contact me at e.honchaberry at idm.at The email is in the description below. This was CEE, Central Europe Explained, a podcast series produced by the Institute for the Danube Region and Central Europe, powered by Elster Group with the ongoing participation of Daniela Paiden, Marvin Atalik, Daniel Martinek and Sebastian Schaeffer. Production and editing, Emma Hunterberry. Proofreading, Jack Gill. IDM Podcast. Institut für den Donauraum und Mitteleuropa. Institut für die Danube Region und Central Europe. European Perspectives. Regional actions, cooperation and expertise since 1953.